Hi, and welcome back to Morgellons Discussion on Anchor FM. I'm your host, Jeremy Murphy, and today I wanted to go over this new study that just came out this past February, the Classification and Staging of Morgellons Disease, Lessons from Syphilis. Now, the reason I want to go into this is because I don't hear a lot of people talking about the data that's in this study. And and I want to be clear, I don't have any evidence that there is any kind of association of syphilis with Morgellons disease. It seems that those fibers consistently show evidence of Borrelia infection, uh, but treponeme hasn't been demonstrated yet. In the meantime, however, there are a lot of people presenting with a lot of odd skin uh, symptoms that that they may feel since it's so odd, it is Morgellons. But to be clear, Morgellons is only the presence of microscopic filaments embedded in skin tissue of varying colors. We do know that the blue Morgellons fibers are color blue because they are stained with human melanin. So, but outside of Morgellons, I'm going to try not to clear my throat so much today, Uh, but this is kind of a dusty environment. We'll move it on up eventually. Uh, In this latest study, they draw on the history of of syphilis, and there is a 1926 paper called Secondary Syphilis Lesions that they draw a lot of information from. And I just want to read uh, bits from that paper, Secondary Syphilic Lesions, because a lot of people with a lot of skin symptoms that aren't uh, easily explained I think may find this information beneficial. Let me know what you think. So uh, the first thing we want to look at is table one in this study. And table one is characteristics of early secondary lesions. Uh, So the type of lesion, and then they list a few of them here, but uh, we'll go down the list. The first one is a macular Characteristic appearance is a pale pink flat and somewhat elliptical spot, usually 4 to 8 millimeter in diameter. These may be violaceous in darker skinned individuals. The central area is always more highly colored, whereas the periphery tends to blend into the surrounding skin. The reddish hue, due to localized hyperemia, resolves under pressure. Though probably the most common type of cutaneous lesion, these are often overlooked or misdiagnosed. Distribution on the body, macular lesions never appear on the face, in contrast to all other types of syphilids. And so the differential diagnosis for macular lesions includes arrhythmia multiform, subarheric dermatitis, and rosacea, a lot of words that I just can't pronounce. Leprosy, measles, German measles, typhoid fever, toxic dermatitis. That sounds especially uh, concerning. The toxic dermatitis. Holy crap. All right. So the next one down the list, uh, characteristics of early secondary lesions. 
associated with syphilis. Uh, small papular. Uh, their characteristic appearance is small, distinct, localized elevations of skin, which are readily populated. Solid, rounded, resistance to touch. Varies in color, depending on skin pigmentation. May assume a pustular character with no exudate. A pimple without pus. In most areas, such as genital areas, the groin, and axilla, they may appear in the form of flat condylomas. The distribution on the body most commonly favor the trunk, may appear on any part of the body, including flecks or surfaces of the limbs, forehead, and temples. These lesions often border on the scalp in the form of so-called crown of Venus. That's interesting. Never heard that one before. The differential on those are urethma multiform, psoriasis, pityriasis, keratosis, varileola, lichen planus, and mycosis fungoids, and some more there. Of course, always include links to what we're talking about on the show in the description below. Uh, if that doesn't come across on the other platforms, it'll definitely always be there on Anchor. I know Apple's doing it. I'm pretty sure that uh, we're also getting that on SoundCloud. So the next one down on the list is follicular or pseudovasic ulcer. Pseudovesicular. Pseudovesicular. <laughs> Round or pointed papules which develop on the orifices of hair follicles and sweat glands. Vary in size from pinpoint to pinhead. Vary in color depending on skin pigmentation. Pigmentary deposits are frequent. Scaling often appears at the apex of the lesion. May also be involuted. Frequently larger in the genital and anal regions. Itching may be frequent due to sweat decomposition. Uh, these on the body it may appear anywhere. These lesions tend to group and are generally most abundant on the back, upper trunk, and arms. They are also frequently found on the thighs and face. I'm just going to do the top differential on these, the lichen planus, lichen, 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 and tineal dermatitis. Because uh, the next one we've got here is lichenoid. Lichenoid, the type of lesion that appears in early secondary syphilis. Flattened and angulated lesions resembling lichen planus. Uh, they may appear on any part of the body. These lesions also are generally most abundant on the back, upper trunk, and arms. The differential on that, of course, is the lichen planus. Next one up is vesicular. It says it's characteristically pointed, very small, and ruptured only with difficulty. Reddish, raised base without an inflammatory areola. Often found in combination with small papular lesions. May constitute a transient intermediate type of lesion. Existence is questionable as the vesicles are of short duration and often present for only a few hours. Could appear anywhere on the body. And the differential is urethma multiform, psoriasis, keratosis, 
Next one down is psoriasis form. Psoriasiform. Uh, characteristically, these lesions resemble those of psoriasis in color, distribution, and scaling. They differ from psoriasis in that the lesions never bleed when the scale is removed. That's interesting. Uh, they are found predominantly on the palms of the hands and soles of the feet. May also occur on the face, elbows, and knees. The scalp, however, is exempt. Differential on that is psoriasis. Uh, the last one for the early secondary lesion is corium B form. Corium B form. Appearance of a nipple with a well-marked areola. These tend to be unusual in that they are large lesions or plaques surrounded by a number of smaller lesions. Could show up anywhere on the body. And this is important. No other dermatologic disease causes this type of lesions. A nipple. <laughs> wow. So if you got that going on, it can only be syphilis. <clears throat> All right. So that was the table one characteristics of early secondary syphilis from uh, early secondary lesions from this 1926 paper, Secondary Syphilitic Lesions. It was indexed on PubMed in 2005. And we're going to go right down to table two characteristics of secondary late, late secondary lesions. Okay, so first one is the large papular. Characteristically, much like the small papular variety, except that they they then to be flattened, although distinctly elevated and less round, marked tendency towards grouping and plaque formation, seldom crowded together, often sparsely scattered, may coalesce to form lesions suggestive of tuberculitis. Distribution on the body may appear anywhere. Predilection for the forehead, face, back of the neck, limbs, bends, and inner thighs. The differential on that, of course, is psoriasis, uh, pityriasis. I hope I'm saying that right. And uh, I'll definitely look it up so we do it right next time. Keratosis. Next one down on late secondary lesion is annular. Papular syphilids, which have a circinate configuration, one form appears to develop from a single papule spreading peripherally and forming a ring or taking the form of gyrate patches. A number of papules may unite to form a hollow or solid ring and give rise to the second type. Usually annular are sparsely distributed. Uh, they can appear on any part of the body, predilection for the mucocutane Mucocutaneous junction of the nasal and the oral commissures, usually not on the limbs, usually in Caucasians. Uh, the differential includes tinea corpus, corporis, uh, seboric dermatitis, and impetigo. Fascinating stuff in the studies from a long time ago when they had more of these cases and it was more seen more frequently uh, nowadays <clears throat> I'm pretty sure doctors don't know how to recognize syphilis and just don't consider it I think most doctors nowadays just assume that syphilis went away with uh, 
with penicillin or if it does you know come in it's easily treated but when it gets into the late stages we have evidence that it can persist beyond appropriate antibiotic therapy last one here on the secondary lesion types is condylomata alata wow these begin as ordinary papules which become flattened masqueraded and covered with a thick tenacious mucoid exudate like annular syphilids they appear in two forms one is a flat moist papule varying in size but excoriated in the center and the elevated or cauliflower type is large not excoriated and grayish in appearance and has a vile odor uh, most frequently uh, found around the rectum, scrotum, vulva, as well as in the groin. Uh, Veruca vulgaris is the number one differential on that one. Uh, lymphogranuloma inguinale. Granuloma, and etc. So, as you can see, syphilis has many presentations and a lot of them time just forgot next one up is pustular this typical pustule is indolent originating as a vesicle initially the lesion resembles a papule covered with scales it then becomes flaccid and ruptures if a scab forms beneath it is a punched out ulcer surrounded by a slight inflammatory arcola usually with a livid or bluish tinge these contain very little pus and tend to group into gyrate configurations. If no scab forms, the encrusted lesions simply appear as punched out ulcerations. I could be wrong about that, but that sounds uh, <clears throat> like something you'd see a lot of in, in, in trypanema infections. May appear on any part of the body, predilection for the face, especially the nose, the flanks, the thighs, the palms, the hands, the soles of the feet. Differential on that is variola, pyodermia, acne, and some other things. You guys really got to check this study out. I'm going to post a link in the description below. Next one up is rupial. Rupial. Rupial, really large pustules which have piled up crusts. These are typically an encrusted impetigenous eruption without an inflammatory areola. It can show up anywhere. Of course, that variola is the top uh, differential. I'm going to have to take a look at that. I, I'm not sure if they're talking about the mycoplasma. Uh, um, genitalia which was in the news recently, microplasma genitalia, but uh, it sounds a lot like it. Okay, uh, just two more on these. Frambiciform. Frambiciform. Oh, this one is particularly compelling. Listen to this. A hypertrophic type of papular lesion characterized by raspberry growths of various size, shapes, and sizes. These lesions are moist, violaceous, and softly varicose with a high serous content and an offensive odor raspberry like growths of various shapes and sizes may appear on any part of the body 
predilection for the face and scalp, especially the mouth or the nose, also found in axilla or the anal and genital regions. Uh, fungating condylomas is the only differential on those raspberry growths. That makes me wonder if maybe those might also not be associated with mold. Uh, you know, a moldy environment which could facilitate such a fungus. Last one here is pigmentary. These lesions vary in size and are not raised above the skin surface. They may be hypopigmented, depigmented, or hyperpigmented. Uh, they could show up anywhere on the body, but they've got a predilection for the arms and trunk. Vitiligo is the uh, top differential on that. Dermatitis medicamentosa, tinea variscolor, etc., etc., etc. So, a lot of different types of strange, odd-looking sores that a long time ago, <clears throat> science recognized as associated with secondary syphilis. And so, I think having that information inside the recent Morgellons study is going to help a lot of people. Because if they go in and they've got these strange sores, but when the doctor looks at the sores with the 50 times microscope and realizes they don't have the fibers, he can go, okay, great news. You don't have Morgellons, but uh, you do have something and, and we can we can definitely look at appropriately treating it. I think most people would be cured if uh, they got the uh, intramuscular bisulin shots three weeks. Uh, but I can't say for sure because there is definitely no way for us to measure biofilm inside the body. We have no way to detect these persistent colonies, which are constructed to evade antibiotic interjection. Wanted to talk about a couple of things, and then we'll round it out the last two uh, tables in this paper. Uh, first one is uh, table three, clinical criteria for recognition of secondary syphilis. So if you pretend it's 1926 and you go into the doctor's office, this is the kind of advice they want your doctor to understand. Generalized eruptions, especially if indolent, associated with generalized lymphodenopathy and otherwise vague signs of disease, eruptions that are universal with the exception of macular rashes, and symmetrically distributed, almost always involving the face and forehead, Individual lesions tend to be indurated. The color may vary considerably, most often presenting as subdued red rather than a bright red lesion. Macular eruptions highly associated with papules on the genitalia or within the oral cavity. Papular lesions on the palms of the hands or the soles of the feet. And in the absence of dermatitis elsewhere on the body and involvement of the genitalia. Generalized macular or papular lesions that persist for more than one week and are associated with a sore throat. Generalized pustular or follicular lesions in the absence of oral and genitalia involvement. Vesicular lesions, which, although uncommon, are not rare in darker-skinned subjects. Secondary syphilitic lesions, which tend to disappear without leaving permanent scars. Uh, depigmentary changes, although infrequent, tend to be permanent, whereas hyperpigmented changes are not. Generalized lymph lymphadenopathy. Generalized lymphadenopathy <laughs> uniformly associated with secondary syphilis. 
And the last one, the last one, guys, is clinical manifestations of secondary syphilis. And I want to thank you all for taking time to, to listen to our podcast here. And if this has helped or if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Anchor.fm slash Morgellons. And there's a link right there where you can leave me an audio message and tell me your thoughts. Clinical manifestations of secondary syphilis include rash, condyloma latum in intragenous areas, intertrigenous areas, lymphadenopathy, hepatitis, systemic fever, malaise, and weight loss, neurologic headache, meningitis, meningitis, cranial nerve disorders, optic neuritis, deafness, otitis, cerebrovascular accident, periostitis, uveitis, uveitis, iritis, glomerulonephritis, glomerulonephritis, arthritis, alopecia, early syphilis is seen as in HIV patients is specifically not included. Uh, and that's it's a 1926 study, so they didn't even know about HIV back then. What do you guys think? I would definitely like to hear back from you in regards to the descriptions that we gave about these lesions. I find it's interesting that uh, they appear to be symmetrical in presentation, whereas you'll have one lesion on one arm and then on the other arm in just about the same location, you'll have an almost identical lesion. I think the raspberry growths are particularly compelling, and I think those need to be paid attention to. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they did describe a lesion where when you remove the scab, there's a uh, thing in the center poking out. And uh, that may have something to do with something. But what do you guys think? This has been a lot of fun, and I hope you guys definitely have a great Tuesday.